Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. It's a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of 1 Corinthians. Today is episode 396. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Let's read our passage. Don't you yourselves know that you are God's temple, and that the Spirit of God lives in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy, and that is what you are. This is Paul's first letter to the Corinthian church, written from Ephesus about A.D. 56, about five years after Paul founded the church in Corinth on the second missionary journey. Paul's received news of problems in the church. There's divisions. People are trying to be superior to one another. They're very confused about many issues. They're even asking questions about some issues. So Paul's providing them some instruction, trying to reorient their thinking. He's been talking about these metaphors of what the church is like, because he's trying to get them to think not so much about themselves and how important each of them is and think about God and what God is doing. He talked about the field and that they are God's field. Paul and Apollos were workers in the field. They're co-workers with God. We're all co-workers with God, but God's the owner of the field and God makes it work. They told them that they are God's building. And then he talked about building. He talked about the foundation of this building has got to be Jesus Christ and building it with things that won't perish in the testing of the fire. If the work that you do survives the fire, you receive a reward. If it's burned up, you experience loss. And so now he's getting more specific, talking about the church. What he's been talking about, we know he's been talking about the church, but now he's going to get pretty blatant about it. This is the church he's talking about. So in verse 16, he says, Don't you yourselves know that you are God's temple and that the Spirit of God lives in you? Don't you yourselves know? This is the first time this phrase appears in this letter, and Paul uses it ten times in 1 Corinthians. He doesn't use that a lot. He only uses it one other time in all his other letters. It occurs in Romans 6.16. So it's not a, a common saying of Paul, but he uses it ten times in 1 Corinthians. And the point is, they're pretty full of themselves. They're pretty puffed up about how important they are, how wise they are, how spiritual they are, how special they are. And they've really lost sight of things. And so he's using this phrase, don't you yourselves know? It's a well, it's a slap in the face, really, because these are things they should know, but obviously they don't, or at least they're not acting like they do. So he uses this device several times. Don't you know? Because they should know. But their behavior says, well, we don't know, or if we did know, we really don't care. So don't you yourselves know that you are God's temple and the Spirit of God lives in you? Sometimes we make a big mistake here, and that is we combine this with some very similar language in chapter 6, where Paul says your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, where he's talking about sexual immorality, specifically with prostitutes, and that's degrading to your body, which is a temple of the Holy Spirit. So there he's talking about the individual person's body. That is not what he's saying here, and it's a 
big mistake to try and link these two passages, even though it's very similar language, because all the verbs here are second person plural. So if we were in the South, we'd be saying you all. He's not speaking to individuals here. He's speaking to the church. He's talking about the church when he says you are God's temple. He doesn't mean you individual are God's temple. He means you, the church, are God's temple. So don't you yourselves know that verb is second person plural, that you are second person plural, God's temple. So he's not talking to individuals. He's talking to the group. So he's talking about the church here. He's not talking about your body. That comes later in chapter six. So don't take what he's saying in chapter six and Backfeed that into this part because that's not what he's saying. And you, you get the, the whole wrong idea here because if this is talking about bodies, then you're talking about harming your body. You need to take care of your body, Donner. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about the church. So don't you yourselves know that you are God's temple and the Spirit of God lives in you. And again, lives in you, second person, plural. Now, the temple is where God came to meet his people. That was the Old Testament temple, the understanding of the common understanding where God lives. And it's the place where God specifically came to meet his people. And it's the same idea here carried forward. Now, a lot of the people in Corinth, they don't have a lot of Old Testament understanding. They understand temples. They understand all these pagan temples all around them. That's where they're pagan gods hang out. And so the understanding for them is the church. That's where God meets his people. That's where the one true God meets his people within the church. Now we got to talk about church here. When we talk about church, we're not talking about the church building. They didn't have a church building. You can have a church without having a building. The church is the people, the community of God's people. But that's what he's talking about is the, the body of Christ. Paul describes the church as the body of Christ is also the temple of God. The Holy Spirit lives there. So the church is God's dwelling, indwelt by the Holy Spirit. And it's different than the world. They live in a very pagan culture with all these false religions and false temples around them. This is an alternative to that. Church is an alternative reality from the world around us. Now, verse 17, he says, If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him, for God's temple is holy. and That is what you are. Now, I had this warning back in verses 13 through 15, where he talked about the testing of your work. The fire will test the quality of your work, if anyone's work built survives, he'll receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he'll experience loss. They also added, but he himself will be saved, but only is through the fire. This is a little scarier than that, because he doesn't talk about anybody being saved. He says, you'll be destroyed. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. Now, he can't destroy God's church. God's church is eternal. No one can destroy God's church. Well, the universal church, that's true. But he's specifically talking about the local church. He's talking about the local church of Corinth, that specific group of believers. And yeah, you can destroy a local church. 
you can bring it to ruin. You can demolish the church. That's what he was talking about earlier with the, the work you do, what you use to build, what foundation you build on. And if you do it all wrong, it doesn't work. And some people, it's not just even that they're using the wrong materials, they are actively causing trouble in the church. And for people who cause trouble in the church, this should be an incredibly scary passage to read. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him, specifically because God's temple is holy. That's what you are. Holy, sacred, set apart, special. Now we see the image of the church as God's temple. We see it right here. We see it again in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 16, and in Ephesians 2.21. So we do see the image of the church as the temple of God. We see it in a few places there. One thing that shows is how important the local church is to God. This is a pretty strong statement, curse even, that anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. Now, he doesn't give specifics and say, God will strike you with a plague. God will strike you with lightning. God will drop a piano on your head. He doesn't say how, when, where, what is going to happen. But the point here, what he's getting across here is, you start messing with the church. You're messing with God because the church is God's church. The church is how God dwells with his people because it is God's people and it is his group. Now, we've got to talk about church. In our thinking so often, we can't separate church from the building. You don't have to have a building to have a church. And even having a building sometimes detracts from having a church because we get so focused on the building, we forget the body of Christ. We forget the actual church. The church is the people. Remember in Matthew 16, where Jesus says, who do people say I am? And they say, well, you know, some say you're Elijah. Some say you're uh, the prophet. So people say a lot of things. He says, well, what about you? What do you say? Peter says, you're the Christ, the son of God. And Jesus says, this is good. Well, you didn't learn that from flesh and blood. God revealed that to you. And on this rock, I will build my church. Now, it's a, the rock's a play on the name Peter, Petros. But on this rock, I'll build my church. The first time you see the word church in the Bible. And notice nobody says, what's a church? Well, they understood what he was saying. Because, well, one, he didn't say church. He wasn't speaking English. The New Testament's written in Greek, and the word there is ekklesia, which means assembly. And Jesus didn't even say ekklesia because Jesus wasn't speaking Greek. He was speaking Aramaic. And the word he used was kahar, which is the same as the Hebrew word kahar, which means assembly. So that's the word he's using, is assembly. But throughout the Old Testament, the assembly was the description of the gathering of the people of God, the assembly of the people of God. Assemble the people together, and the people assembled together, and the assembly came before God. So the idea of assembly is the people of God, specifically gathered. And so when Jesus says church, well, we see church in our English translations. What Jesus said was, my assembly. And they understood what he meant, the gathering of the people of God. 
And so that is the church. The church is the gathering of the people of God, the gathering of the believers, the gathering of the faithful, the gathering of God's people, God's family. And that's where God meets his people, is in the gathering of his people. That's why it's such a big deal. And unfortunately, we we have so polluted that thinking with church buildings that uh, it's hard for us to wrap our our arms around that, wrap our minds around this idea. So when Jesus is saying, my church, it means my people. And so Paul means the same thing here. He doesn't mean the church building. They don't have a church building. They have a building, a house they gather in. But it doesn't have a sign out front that says First Baptist Church of Corinth. It's somebody's house that they gather in. And what makes it the church is the gathering the coming together of his people. So it's the the community of the believers. And if you mess with that, you mess that community up, you destroy that community, that local community, you are messing with God and God is going to not let it slide. That's the warning here. Anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him for God's temple is holy. That's what you are. Specifically, the people of Corinth, the church of Corinth, the gathered group of God's believers. Church is a big deal to God. should be a big deal to us. And God considers it very important. And this is a stern warning to the Corinthians because they are messing with God's church. They are so leading this church astray that uh, this warning is meant for them. It's meant for anyone, anywhere who would try to mess with God's church. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through 1 Corinthians.